0: section 30 assistance in general this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tom hirsch there are many who are not lost who need help a little assistance given today will perhaps prevent the need of having to save them tomorrow there are some who after they have been rescued will still need a friendly hand the very service which we have rendered them in starting makes it obligatory upon us to finish the good work hitherto it may be objected that the scheme has dealt almost exclusively with those who are more or less disreputable and desperate this was inevitable we obey our divine master and seek to save those who are lost but because as i said in the beginning urgency is claimed rightly for those who have no helper we do not therefore forget the needs and aspirations of the decent working people who are poor indeed but who keep their feet who have not fallen and who help themselves and help each other they constitute the bulk of the nation there is an upper crust and a submerged tenth but the hard-working poor people who earn a pound a week or less constitute in every land the majority of the population we cannot forget them for we are at home with them we belong to them and many thousands of them belong to us we are always studying how to help them and we think this can be done in many ways some of which i proceed to describe Improved Lodgings The necessity for a superior class of lodgings for the poor men rescued at our shelters has been forcing itself already upon our notice and demanding attention. One of the first things that happens when a man lifted out of the gutter has obtained a situation and is earning a decent livelihood is for him to want some better accommodation than that afforded at the shelters we have some hundreds on our hands now, who can afford to pay for greater comfort and seclusion. These are continually saying to us something like the following, The shelters are all very well when a man is down in his luck. They have been a good thing for us. In fact, had it not been for them, we would still have been without a friend, sleeping on the embankment, getting our living dishonestly, or not getting a living at all we have now got work and want a bed to sleep on and a room to ourselves and a box or something where we can stow away our bits of things cannot you do something for us we have replied that there were lodging houses elsewhere which now that they were in work they could afford to pay for where they would obtain the comfort they desired to this they answered that is all very well we know there are these places and that we could go to them but then they said you see here in the shelters are our mates who think as we do and there is the prayer and the meeting and kind influence every night that helps to keep us straight we would like a better place but if you cannot find us one we would rather stop in the shelter and sleep on the floor as we have been doing than to go to something more complete get into bad company and so fall back again to where we were before but this although natural is not desirable for if the process went on in course of time the whole of the shelter depots would be taken up by persons who had risen above the class for whom they were originally destined i propose therefore to draft those who get on but wish to continue in connection with the army into a superior lodging-house a sort of poor man's metropole managed on the same principles but with better accommodations in every way which I anticipate would be self-supporting from the first. In these homes there would be separate dormitories, good sitting-rooms, cooking conveniences, baths, a hall for meetings, and many other comforts, of which all would have the benefit at as low a figure above cost price as will not only pay interest on the original outlay, but secure us against any shrinkage of capital. Something superior in this direction will also be required for the women. Having begun, we must go on. Hitherto I have proposed to deal only with single men and single women. But one of the consequences of getting hold of these men very soon makes itself felt. Your ragged, hungry, destitute, out of work, in almost every case, is married when he comes to us he comes as single and is dealt with as such but after you rouse in him aspirations for better things he remembers the wife whom he has probably enough deserted or left from sheer inability to provide her anything to eat as soon as such a man finds himself under good influence and fairly employed his first thought is to go and look after the missus there is very little reality about any change of heart in a married man who does not thus turn in sympathy and longing towards his wife and the more successful we are in dealing with these people the more inevitable it is that we shall be confronted with married couples who in turn demand that we should provide for them lodgings this we propose to do also on a commercial footing i see greater developments in this direction one of which will be described in the chapter relating to suburban cottages the model lodging house for married people is however one of those things that must be provided as an adjunct of the food and shelter depots model suburban villages as i have repeatedly stated already but will state once more for it is important enough to bear endless repetition one of the first steps which must inevitably be taken in the reformation of this class is to make for them decent healthy pleasant homes or help them to make them for themselves which if possible is far better i do not regard the institution of any first second or third-class lodging-houses as affording anything but palliatives of the existing distress to substitute life in a boarding-house for life in the streets is no doubt an immense advance but it is by no means the ultimatum life in a boarding-house is better than the worst but it is far from being the best form of human existence hence the object i constantly keep in view is how to pilot those persons who have been set on their feet again by means of the food and shelter depots and who have obtained employment in the city into the possession of homes of their own neither can i regard the one or at most two rooms in which the large majority of the inhabitants of our great cities are compelled to spend their days as a solution of the question the overcrowding which fills every separate room of a tenement with a human litter and compels family life from the cradle to the grave to be lived within the four walls of a single apartment must go on reproducing in endless succession all the terrible evils which such a state of things must inevitably create neither can i be satisfied with the vast unsightly piles of barrack-like buildings which are only a slight advantage upon the union bastille dubbed model industrial dwellings so much in fashion at present as being a satisfactory settlement of the burning question of the housing of the poor as a contribution to this question i propose the establishment of a series of industrial settlements or suburban villages lying out in the country within a reasonable distance of all our great cities composed of cottages of suitable size and construction and with all needful comfort and accommodation for the families of the working men the rent of which together with the railway fare and other economic conveniences should be within the reach of a family of moderate income This proposal lies slightly apart from the scope of this book, otherwise I should be disposed to elaborate the project at greater length. I may say, however, that what I here propose has been carefully thought out and is of a perfectly practical character. In the planning of it, I have received some valuable assistance from a friend who has had considerable experience in the building trade, and he stakes his professional reputation on its feasibility. The following, however, may be taken as a rough outline. The village should not be more than 12 miles from town, should be in a dry and healthy situation, and on a line of a railway. It is not absolutely necessary that it should be near a station, seeing that the company would for their own interests immediately erect one the cottages should be built of the best material and workmanship this would be effected most satisfactorily by securing a contract for the labour only the projectors of the scheme purchasing the materials and supplying them direct from the manufacturers to the builders the cottages would consist of three or four rooms with a scullery, and outbuilding in the garden. The cottages should be built in terraces, each having a good garden attached. Arrangements should be made for the erection of from 1,000 to 2,000 houses at the onset. In the village, a cooperative goods store should be established, supplying everything that was really necessary for the villagers at the most economic prices the sale of intoxicating drink should be strictly forbidden on the estate and if possible the landowner from whom the land is obtained should be tied off from allowing any licences to be held on any other portion of the adjoining land it is thought that the railway company in consideration of the inconvenience and suffering they have inflicted on the poor and in their own interests might be induced to make the following advantageous arrangements. First, the conveyance of each member actually living in the village to and from London at the rate of sixpence per week. Each pass should have on it the portrait of the owner, and be fastened to some article of the dress, and be available only by workmen's trains running early and late and during certain hours of the day when the trains are almost empty second the conveyance of goods and parcels should be at half the ordinary rates it is reasonable to suppose that large landowners would gladly give one hundred acres of land in view of the immensely advanced values of the surrounding property which would immediately follow seeing that the erection of one thousand or two thousand cottages would constitute the nucleus of a much larger settlement lastly the rent of a four-roomed cottage must not exceed three shillings per week add to this the sixpenny ticket to and from london and you have three shillings sixpence and if the company should insist on one shilling it will make four shillings for which there would be all the advantages of a comfortable cottage of which it would be possible for the tenant to become the owner a good garden pleasant surroundings and other influences promotive of the health and happiness of the family it is hardly necessary to remark that in connection with this village there will be perfect freedom of opinion on all matters A glance at the ordinary homes of the poor people in this great city will at once assure us that such a village would be a veritable paradise to them, and that were four, five, or six settlements provided at once, they would not contain a tithe of the people who would throng to occupy them. End of section 30. Recording by Tom Hirsch.